Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Good morning, Brian Barnhart with you on Penny for Your Thoughts. Great to have you with us today on a Friday. We made it to Friday, October the 19th of the year 2018. Good to be with you wherever you might be listening today. And we've got some overcast skies, as uh, Tim Dempman uh, mentioned. He'll be back with the news headlines at the bottom of the hour. We have some open line time here in this first hour. So lots to talk about, a lot of local news. Uh, We'll get into some of those stories here in just a little bit, including the big debate, Davis and Londrigan. Some of the issues they discussed, as you might expect, included health care, taxes, and the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Those are all big topics that were up for discussion last night. Also, uh, nationally, the investigation continues into the Khashoggi uh, situation. The uh, caravan heading north from Central America, President Trump threatening to close the border entirely, asking Mexico for help, Mexico in turn asking the U.N. for help. What is it, Two, 3,000 coming up? through Central America. Interesting story today on China's economy. They say their growth is slowing. You know what the Chinese um, economy is growing by right now? 6.5%. But it's slowed down, and they say maybe the tariffs are having an effect. We'll see. Back to local news. Some solar farms near St. Joseph. First step in the process, or at least another step in that process. Also, Julie Worth with a, a big story today in the News Gazette uh, media, both in the paper and online, uh, accusers say sanctions against a U of I law professor fall short. That's a big uh, local story. Second hour today, Julie Pride will join us. Of course, what's been in the news uh, involving the CU Public Health District, we had scheduled it originally for today anyway, and it turns out we have a big story on our hands with the Legionnaires story here locally and also flu season and everything else. So if you have some uh, health-related questions, Maybe some things you've always wondered about or something that you're experiencing and you want to ask a question. Julie will be here. She's very good at what she does. Uh, Be here in hour number two. Baseball, the Red Sox back in the World Series. I didn't realize it had been five years since they had been there last. But they're back in the World Series. Dodgers trying to join them tonight. They lead three games to two at Milwaukee. Illini football team getting on a plane later this afternoon. We'll head up to Madison. Play the Badgers tomorrow. We'll have our coverage, uh, 8 a.m. Uh, Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, 9.30 Illini Game Day with Scott Beatty. Just after 11, kickoff. Interesting note for Illinois and Wisconsin. Do you remember that Illinois and Wisconsin played the last tie game in college football history? The last tie game. Of course, they have the overtime uh, rules now. That was back in 1995. Mega Millions up again couple of U of I experts weighing in on your chances of that. The Taco Bell in Wrigleyville. Did you see this? It's going to close. Have you been there? Do you go there when you go to a Cubs game? And if we get time, we'll see if we do, but why does a McDonald's uh, Coca-Cola taste so good? Could it be the straws are wider or something else? 
Well, we'll uh, we'll check into that if we get a chance today. But those are just some open line topics. If you have anything uh, you want to bring up, you don't like any of those, like a buffet, if you like something else, you can bring that to the table, bring to our attention uh, maybe a pressing issue you've seen or you've experienced. Uh, that's the beauty of the open line. Julie Pride in hour number two. And we have uh, Monday morning quarterbacks coming up on Monday. So all of that is what's ahead on Penny for Your Thoughts today. We'll take our opening time out come back after this on a Friday. Yeah, that'll be fun. Illini Volleyball, a big win at Wisconsin. You heard uh, Chris Thomas on the morning show. Dave Gentry and Dave Lone visited with him a little bit earlier today. We're at 9-12, overcast in Champaign-Urbana, about 45 degrees. Have you ever needed uh, collision repairs on your vehicle? Maybe you've uh, dinged somebody or been dinged. Maybe the grocery cart got loose at the uh, Walmart or something and got you. You know, those things happen. Those things do move around, I think. But uh, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair can fix any or all of that. First of all, they give you a free estimate for any of it. So no matter what's happened, if you've been in an accident or some other uh, dinged-up uh, situation, uh, give Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair a try. They can give you a free estimate. They're conveniently and centrally located uh, in Champaign-Urbana. Look for their attractive building on the south side of I-74 between the Neal Street and Prospect exits. You can go to gallomiller.com is the website. Just keep that name in mind if something happens to you or your vehicle. And it can happen uh, randomly. You just never know, do you? Dave and Bill are hands-on in their business. They're in the shop every day. That's not necessarily true of all owners of collision repair shops. And the big thing is they know the inside game of all this. They know all this works with the insurance adjusters and the people that call you and ask you all kinds of questions. They take care of all of that for you. So you just give them the keys, let them handle everything. They'll get back with you when you're ready to go, get it back to the uh, factory safety specifications. They've been in that business. They know what to do. So, again, gallomiller.com, or you can find them there, uh, uh, south side of I-74 between the Neal Street and Prospect Exits. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. Some open line time here today. Uh, in this first hour, then Julie Pride will join us in hour number two. Jim Dye will join us in the middle of next week. Have him back on again. Always uh, enjoy that. We've got a flashback Friday coming up, what, I think a week. Is that right? A week from today is our next uh, flashback Friday. Of course, we'll be in Madison tomorrow. The Illini and the Badgers. I was looking it up, of course. It was the last tie in college football it was Illinois and Wisconsin. 1995, the Badgers lead the all-time series, Illinois and Wisconsin. The Badgers lead at 41-36 and seven ties. Seven ties were in 1895, 1916, tied at zero. 1945, 49-56-78 was a tie. 1995 was a 3-3 tie. Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy played in that game for Illinois. The Illini had a 54-yard field goal attempt that fell short. And uh, going into that game, you may remember this, uh, the Illini were looking, of course, they needed to get to 6-5 and five to be in a bowl game. And Ron Gunther at the time was trying to negotiate uh, bowl games. This is all before, of course, the, the BCS and everything else that was going on as far as the you know teams were negotiating their own bowls, basically. And he was trying to negotiate. And, of course, after the game, it didn't matter. They went 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. one of the teams that was in line for a similar bowl, I think it was Independence Bowl, Liberty Bowl, there was two or three other ones around there, uh, was the coach at Michigan State who happened to be Nick Saban at the time. 
Badgers that year finished four, five, and two. Two ties. <laughs> that would be frustrating. All right, so that's some of what's happening this weekend. A lot of football coverage tomorrow. The Badgers have won eight straight against Illinois, and we'll tee it up uh, in Madison, Camp Randall Stadium. Always like going there tomorrow. Badgers won last year in Champaign. I think it was 24-10 to 10 was the final score last year. All right, uh, let's see. Members of a 3,000-strong migrant caravan have massed into a Guatemalan border town just across from Mexico. U.S. President Donald Trump threatening to take action if they continue towards the United States. First members of the group began arriving on buses and trucks early yesterday. The bulk of the caravan sloshed into town on foot in a downpour late in the afternoon. A smaller group walked to the border crossing but was blocked by Guatemalan police. Meanwhile, Mexico said yesterday it was helping members of the caravan who'd already crossed into Mexico from Guatemala, explaining their options and assisting those who wanted to apply for refugee status there with the process. It also sent additional police to its own southern border. The president tweeted last night, Thank you, Mexico. We look forward to working with you. So that's kind of what's happening with the uh, latest news on the caravan. The president acknowledging yesterday that the Saudi journalist, Khashoggi, is likely dead, saying to reporters it certainly looks that way. And when asked about the consequences Saudi Arabia's leaders might face, the president said it'll have to be severe. We'll have to see what happens. Meanwhile, the Secretary of State has returned, has returned from traveling to Saudi Arabia and to Turkey. And I don't know if you saw this, Pope Francis indicated yesterday he might be willing to visit North Korea. He had a private audience with the South Korean president in Rome yesterday. So those are some of the uh, national stories. They had the uh, big debate last night. They've had several debates here recently, at least a couple, with um, Rodney Davis and Betsy Londrigan. And the headline today in the uh, News Gazette, they're at odds on most issues, which is not a surprise. Betsy Dirksen Lonergan of Springfield said the recent tax changes scare people, she said, to no end. Said she's held 14 town halls in the last couple of months, and what people of the district are telling me, the economy isn't working for them. They don't see lower costs. They see their insurance premiums going up. Their day-to-day living isn't better for them. Meanwhile, Rodney Davis touting the uh, tax code changes that uh, took place earlier this year. He said the last time we had 3.7% unemployment was back in 1969. And they both, the candidates, commented on the Kavanaugh hearings. It was difficult to watch. Londrigan said, she says, I believe Dr. Ford, and I believe we need to set a precedent of believing survivors. Davis said what we saw that day frustrated me greatly on all sides. I saw politics take over a Supreme Court process. So that's some of the things that have been discussed at the national level, but coming to a local congressional race. That district, by the way, 13th district stretching from Champaign-Urbana to the Illinois suburbs of St. Louis and the Mississippi River, kind of diagonal across the state, 712,000 constituents. And one of the seats that the uh, Democrats looking to flip in the upcoming midterm elections a couple of weeks out. That debate, by the way, will be broadcast at 8 p.m. Monday on WILL-TV. So those are some of the uh, things that are happening here locally. Got a text in. Uh, Mike says, it's time to shut down Uber. Evidently, 
anybody who can drive for them. He says any sicko can drive for them if everything shut it down because if it's stupid name. <laughs> okay, he doesn't like the name Uber. Uber, by the way, I forget, they were about to go public on Wall Street, and they were worth more than several of the car companies, the big, I mean, Chrysler and Ford and everybody else. Uh, then their um, worth, I guess, was more than some of the car uh, companies combined. So they've been worth something. But, yes, there was a story locally about a um, uh, alleged sexual assault involving a, a student on campus and an Uber driver. So that is what he is referring to. And Mike also says, Hi, I'm thinking about Illini upsets. Has there ever been an Illini team in any sport that was unranked and beat a number one ranked team in the country? Football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, tennis, anything. That's from uh, Mike in Champaign. I have to go back through and think about that. Had a handful of number one upsets along the way, both football and basketball. Trying to think back in 13, the uh, Tyler Griffey layup, I think we were unranked, and Indiana was number one. I have to think back to the Eddie Johnson shot that beat uh, Irvin Johnson in Michigan State. And there have been some others along the way. Go back to the 50s as well. 921 here at DWS. When's the best age to retire? Over the last two years, the average retirement age has been 63. The professionals at Busey Wealth Management can help you uh, plan the right time for you. Deciding when to retire depends on your lifestyle preferences, changes in circumstances, health considerations, financial readiness. Busey Wealth Management can help determine your optimal strategy, how much you've saved, how much you plan to spend, and your life expectancy. They take time to listen and understand your needs, and they understand no two situations are alike. Everybody's got it. It's like snowflakes. We're all different, right? Every one of them is different. The experts at Busey Wealth Management can help identify your objectives, design a game plan to achieve your goals, and implement a program that fits your needs. Visit Busey.com or stop by one of their many convenient locations today for solutions for your lifetime. Open line time today. What's on your mind? As we uh, throw open the phone lines here in this first hour, We'll have Julie Pride on from the CU Public Health District in hour number two. And Julie Worth may come by for a couple of minutes and uh, help us understand a little more about this front page story in the News Gazette today and online regarding the uh, U of I law professor. All of that straight ahead. Your phone calls, emails, and texts back in a moment after this. Time out on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, Christopher Cross, and as you know, usually I try to tie in something with today, whether it's a little historical note or something in sports. This was the number one song in the country in 1981. So, and it's probably not a, you know, like Dave Lone and our staff, he's a hard rocker. He's, he would probably not like that song, but I had an excuse to play it. So there it is, coming out of the break, 939. <laughs> Uh, traffic advisory on our uh, text line here. It says, I'm totally stopped on I-74 westbound, maybe two miles west of St. Joseph. 74 westbound, two miles west of St. Joseph. Somebody says they are stopped. 
Also, I looked up uh, football real quick during the news. Uh, 1956, an unranked Illinois team under Ray Elliott beat uh, Michigan State. They were ranked number one in 1956. And then in 1966, under Pete Elliott, the Illini also upset number one Michigan State in football. Somebody had a question about that. All right, back to the uh, phones. Let's go to Opal. Hi, Opal. Hi, Brian. How are you? I just wanted, I'm good. Um, I just wanted to uh, talk about the alleged uh, rape of the student by the Uber driver. Yeah. And does anyone know if she uh, went to the hospital? She should have gone to the hospital at, you know, after he dropped her off. She should have gone to the hospital. They do a rape kit and they would commit, collect evidence for her. And I just wonder if she ever did that. Hmm. It's, it's hard to, uh, uh, you know, accuse somebody and if you don't have any evidence that he did it. Yeah, I'm so trying to. I'm, I, look, was, I'm, I'm looking at the story here to see if there's anything, nothing about that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I wish she would have done it. It would have been easier to prove. So yeah. it's just her word against his otherwise. Okay. All right. Well, well thank th- you. Thank you, Opal. I appreciate that. Yeah, good point. 941 here at DWS. Yeah, again, as Tim mentioned, no updates from police yet. The case of the Uber ride that turned into a sexual assault for a U of I student this week happened about 1.20 a.m. on Wednesday. Got a texter in, says congratulations to the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. All the people that were Red Sox, and all I was reading all summer about the Red Sox is, yeah, we're winning all these games. They won 100 games quicker than anybody this year. What, they win 106, 107, I think, something like that. Yeah, but it isn't going to matter if we don't make the World Series. Well, now they can relax a little bit. But uh, they're pretty demanding up in Boston. <laughs> Let's go uh, back to the phones to Carl. Good morning, Carl. Hey, Brian. How's it going there, bud? Good, sir. How are you? Man, if I told you it would take two hours. <laughs> well, I, I have less than that. I'm the good-looking guy. Oh, okay. The good-looking guy. Virginia Theater. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, I, do you remember back in the 80s, I guess, when Danny Beaver kicked the field goal at the stadium in Wisconsin? Yeah. Minutes left to play. Yeah, Santa mm-hmm. took a safety, and Danny Beaver got the, got the ball. It was a great. My, we were sitting amongst all the red jerseys, and when they kicked that field goal, we were going <laughs> to crawl under our seats. Oh wow! And Dan, I think, still holds the record, right, for the longest field goal. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that would be a memorable thing. Yeah, that was. So, did you get to a lot of games at other stadiums, or was no? We did, yeah. I had one of my clients had tickets, and we went to the game mm. from Wisconsin. Yeah, was it cold that day? Yeah, it was brisk. It was brisk. <laughs> it was not that bad. Yeah, well, I'm always uh, football. The weather is always usually pretty good up there. When we go up there for basketball, it, we just it's it's frozen solid. Yeah. So. But, well, thank you, Carl. Well, I'm glad to hear your voice. Yeah. Well, good to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Have a good keep up the good work at the Virginia. Okay, I'll do it. We're going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to be there for the uh, Iwo Jima. Yep. Yeah, it's at uh, one o'clock, right? Doors open at noon. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, good. Well, we'll look forward to it, okay? Thanks, Frank. Thank you. I appreciate it. From Carl to Anna Wall, 943. Hi, Anna Wall. Good morning. I'm enjoying your program, but primarily I'm calling to take issue with, I mean disagree vehemently with, the individual who called him in saying that he was an Afro-American and criticizing the military. Now, first of all, I was born and raised in the state of Tennessee under Plessy versus Ferguson, attended all black segregated schools. And when I graduated from high school, a white lady came down from the military recruiting individuals, and my parents let me join the military. It was the United States military which gave me the opportunity to expand my intellectual horizons and become what I am. It was the military who gave me a job where I would learn and expand my intellect. It was the military who made it possible for me to accomplish what I have accomplished up to this day. And while I'm recuperating in this nursing home, were it not for the military and my not having served in the military, I would not be able to pay my bills. So I'm very sorry that the caller did not receive uh, is operating on the assumption that racial discrimination existing in the military. Well, hell, that exists everywhere because some people of my color are racist. So I wish to disagree with Mr. John mm-hmm. and well. let the audience know that the military was good to me and all that I am and all that I ever hoped to be is a result. And by the way, while I got you on the line, I might as well tell you, it was the white military who elected me county commander. It was Post 559, a black post, which sent immediately $1,000 to New York on 9-11. So I just wanted to clear that up. I don't want anybody operating on the assumption that we shouldn't be uh, Mm -hmm. thankful for the military in this society. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, thank you, Anna Wall. I appreciate it. And Anna Wall to Alan. Hey, Alan. Hello there, Alan. Oh, hey. sorry about that, Brian. That's I okay. On the phone away. <laughs> That's okay. So one of the games that uh, I remember about Wisconsin was uh, this a long time ago with Mike Bassett, that last second one when Mike White was there. Yeah. That was a heck of a game because oh, it went back and forth. Sure it was. And uh, Wisconsin scored on a bounce pass back to, oh, a wide receiver, and everybody just kind of stopped. Wide receiver through to wide open running back, I think it was. Yep. That's how they got ahead. Yep. Then we went down the field, threw the ball to, I think it was Oliver Williams a couple times, and Bass hit that 47 yards. That was a, that was a heck of a game. 
Oh, absolutely. And I'm looking to see here. The Illini won 11 of 12 against the Badgers from 1981 to 1992. Yeah. But uh, since 92, and that's about the time Barry Alvarez showed up, they're 317 and 1 against yeah, Wisconsin. I was going to say, I went to a game uh, once when uh, before Barry Alvarez went. That's back when we had a real good defense, and we just kicked their butts that day, and they didn't have anything. The Voyager changed after Barry Alvarez got there. <laughs> sure did. Thank you, Alan. Yep. Back in a moment with more Penny for Your Thoughts. Julie Wirtz going to pop in here for a couple minutes. She's got a big front page story and online. We'll come back with more in a moment. All right, back on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. I uh, got a text in, said, uh, Brian, that last caller, Carl, who works at the Virginia Theater, is a very nice man. I used to work with him at Enterprise Rental Car. I was a car detailer. He was a driver. He's a very, very nice man. Wow, what a nice thing to say. So we appreciate that. Three five six nine three nine seven. Julie Pride's going to join us in the second hour. Amy Carter with a birthday today, the daughter of the former president, 51, by the way. And Evander Holyfield, the boxer, is 56. And this is the day in 1987 the stock market fell 300 points, 500 points, excuse me, 508. Black Monday, 22% of its value at the time, the biggest ever percentage drop. And some days we just dropped 500 here and there. We just went up 500 the other day, so it just shows you how different it is. Julie Worth is here. She has a, a big story today uh, online and in the uh, News Gazette. Uh, accuser sanctions against U of I law professor falls short. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, yeah, Brian. This is, this is a big story. I printed out it was seven pages. Yes, I know. It was long. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, there was a lot of information here and a lot yeah. of material to mm-hmm. include. Um, so as you mentioned, so the story is about a law professor at the U of I, uh, Jay Kaysen, who uh, had been accused of sexual harassment by two former law professors here and one former student. Uh, you know, the actions occurred, they said, while they were here. They've since moved on to other jobs. Mm-hmm. But um, And it, the complaints arose back in 2015, 2014 and 2015, these particular complaints, and then the university uh, conducted an investigation that was wrapped up last year. Um, and it found that his behavior didn't violate the technical standards of the sexual harassment policy on, on campus, but certainly the spirit of the law or the policy and also the campus code of conduct. So it recommended some sanctions against him, including uh, more training and professional coaching, and the law school in response did some of that, and also um, he's not eligible for endowed positions until uh, next year sometime at least, and uh, I think he missed a raise. And um, but some of the accusers came forward um, to the News Gazette to talk more about the case because they felt like the sanctions didn't go far enough. And they were anonymous in the complaint itself, but they felt it was important enough to raise these issues that they decided to go yeah. public. And there was two two women? Three or women. Three women, okay. And they're all, you say they're elsewhere now? Yeah, one is an yeah. attorney in Chicago. She mm-hmm. was a student when she had this interaction, and two are professors elsewhere at Indiana University and the University of Texas Law Schools. And the professor uh, issued a statement, right, or emailed a statement? Yeah, what in all, response. What, what, what did he say, I guess, in response in general? Um, I think, you know, in, in the report, he gave detailed responses to a lot of the allegations. Um, to us, he sent a statement sort of apologizing for, you know, if his behavior offended anyone. He certainly didn't intend it the way it was received. And, uh, you know, you can read the full quote in the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, the report is full of a lot of allegations um, from many other witnesses as well, which, you know, didn't go into the hearing officer's calculation about what happened to these three women, but it certainly painted a larger picture of other people at least feeling uncomfortable in their interactions with them. Um, The particular allegations, you know, involved here, involved, you know, 
placed, mostly non-physical, but some physical as well, placing his hand on any of a student um, during a conversation, making sexual references and conversations, invitations that were made people uncomfortable standing too close, touching people. So, um, you know, a lot of different things. Um, but I, the women involved feel like there's a clear pattern here and that perhaps more needs to be done. Hmm. The university uh, can't say a whole lot about the case, you know, because it's an employee matter, but in general, you know, there are tenure protections to consider. Um, a lot of people argue about how those should be interpreted here, and, you know, there certainly are processes to uh, yeah. take stronger sanctions that the campus would have to go through, but, you know, they've done that in the past. Yeah. So, Well, it's a uh, complicated, detailed story. Yes, people it is. People can, uh, can read about it. It takes up the whole back page of the uh, first section of the News Gazette, so you can read about that. And, uh, and read it online, too. I believe the yeah. online version has a little bit more information as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you know, this is a big issue uh, these days. You know, people, we've seen it oh, play sure. out on the national scene. Oh, and uh, yeah. it's it's a big concern for, for women and for men, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, this it's an interesting case. I would yeah. urge people to read it. It is interesting how, you know, when you look at it, you know, as a man or a woman, you know, what's what's appropriate, what's not, um, you know, uh, if you're afraid to bring it up at the time, you're afraid you might lose your position, you, you bring it up later. I mean, there's all things that were talked about, in apples and oranges, but at the national level, as you said. Right. And this then, one was much more recent and more right. current. And, you know, as I said, there were many, many people quoted in the report, you know, mm-hmm. talking about similar things um, anonymously. But, um, but you know, this is, it's, a, it's a tough issue for students particularly, mm-hmm. you know, to have to report a tenured professor for something they're not even sure how to interpret. You know, right. it's, it's, it's difficult. But, the, it, you know, it, there's a lot of detail here. All right. Hey, Julie, thank you. Thank you. For coming in and letting us know about it. You can check it out in the News Gazette and online as well, the story about the uh, U of I law professor. We'll take a quick break. News uh, coming up at the top of the hour. Thank you. Sure. All right. Appreciate Julie Worth. Check that out in the uh, News Gazette. Rihanna, a texter, says, has turned down an invitation to perform at the next Super Bowl because she supports Colin Kaepernick. She's from Barbados. I lived in Barbados for... 18 and a half months serving in the U.S. Navy. During that time, I never disrespected their flag. She should think about moving back to Barbados because of disrespecting our flag. That is a a text from Tom on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Lots of things to talk about public health. Legionnaires has been in the news, the flu, and some other things. We'll talk about it with Julie Pride if you have any questions Next hour, get them in on WDWS Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock Central at the Tone. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back, Penny, for your thoughts. Rolling on here on this Friday, getting ready to head up north to Madison with the football team later today. We'll have all that coverage for you tomorrow, the Illini and the Wisconsin Badgers. A couple of texts related, at least one related to the football talk we were doing there. I had a listener say uh, regarding Dan Beaver, one year we beat Purdue and never scored a touchdown. It was all Dan Beaver's field goals. Really upset our uh, Purdue cousins who were visiting and attended the game with us here. So 
There you go. 356-9397. Julie Pride has uh, joined us here in the studio, of course, in charge of the CU Public Health District. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You've been busy. Been very busy over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the Legionnaire story has been the most recent story. Uh, Tell me about what's, what's the latest on all of that. Well, we have taken, we've had six cases. Three of them have been linked to, um, as has been reported in the news, uh, the First Christian Church. They have done um, an amazing job with getting, even before the test results came back, they have eliminated any potential other exposure from that. They have removed the fountain, which could, it's not an outdoor fountain. I need to clear that up for people. It was an Mm. indoor fountain that was of concern. They immediately took care of it. It's In fact, it's not even there anymore. Um, because it's when something can spray and become aerosolized that there's the potential for that. So they don't have to worry about that into the future at all. But we are not going to have the test results back for about seven days. We Mm. had originally thought it was going to take 24 to get a kind of a yes or no PCR test, but we are not going to know until seven days now. So. Mm -hmm. Julie Pride is with us. If you have any questions, a lot of different health issues, health topics we're going to touch on here during this hour. So if you have any questions... Uh, in regards to any of those, uh, certainly there are no uh, silly questions. They're all important. So if you have one, feel free to, to uh, give us a call here, or you can text us, or you can email us. The uh, text line is 3515357. You can call us 3569397 or email us talk at wdws.com. And so uh, Legionnaires, uh, just when people hear that, they, they don't know what to make of that. So kind of explain what it is, I guess. Okay. Well, Legionnaire's disease, it was so named because it was first discovered at the 1976 American Legion Conference out in Philadelphia at one of the hotels there from their cooling system. And it actually killed a bunch of the Legionnaires that were there. So that's where it got the name. The bacteria is now called Legionella. And it is, there's actually kind of two versions of illness that can be caused by Legionella. One is called Pontiac fever, and that's because it had originally, after the Legionnaires outbreak, they found out that there had been a previous outbreak in uh, Pontiac, Michigan at the health department there. Mm. So interesting. But it's the less virulent of it, so it tends to not cause as much uh, illness, and it causes less than... um, doesn't usually cause hospitalizations. It's not serious. But Legionella can be very serious, and it can be deadly. In fact, um, all of our cases that we have worked with, the six, are, were you know, treated locally, and they're all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's, it's a lot of times when people get a pneumonia, you know, they'll go to the doctor, and, and the pneumonia is treated with antibiotics, but they don't usually look at specifically at what type of bacteria is causing that. Um, because that's not necessary. So, um, but when we're in the middle of an outbreak, you know, they are looking more for that. Mm-hmm. Have we had a lot of Legionnaire outbreaks over the no, years? No, no, we have not. We've had, um, you know, we've had a few. There's always a few sporadic cases. You can get it from, you know, your own shower head at home. You can get it from all kinds of places. Um, any any time there's water sitting stagnant anywhere, it can and it becomes aerosolized, and you breathe it in. You can hmm. you can get Legionella's if it's if it's growing in there. Yeah. So um, yeah, you were telling me at the uh, the fountain at First Christian, you could be baptized in it. Yeah, but that would you be could, fine. But you but you couldn't. It, breathe right. it. It's the breathing. It's the, right. It had to do that. Had to do with the fountain, not the baz- mm, baptismal mm, font. Mm, that mm. that's okay. Yeah. It's when it 
becomes aerosolized due to spraying in, in a water feature type of thing. Mm. A de- decorative fountains. This happens a lot in decorative fountains. Mm. So, I mean, you go into a hotel sometimes and you'll see a big giant fountain. And there was an outbreak caused uh, by a fountain in Chicago at a hotel I know. Hmm. But everything's good now, as you say, to First Christian. Everybody yeah, go they, to church there, so it's good. Yep, <laughs> yeah, they did it. They immediately, I mean, from the minute we contacted them, they were right on it. And they um, took care of the took care mm-hmm. of everything. They've cleaned and sanitized and removed the, the fountain feature so that that's not even there. So Without even being told. They, they, right. They, they, well, know. I mean, they were working with the, yeah. our environmental health staff and that from Illinois Department of Public Health, but they didn't balk on one thing. They They went to the... They went to the extreme of making sure that everything is safe. So you've been meeting with the state today. Uh, yes. So we, what ha- what happens next then? Well, we're just looking at. So we we're operating under the presumption that the three cases were connected, but then we have to. We don't know about the other three cases because there is really not any commonality with those, and that we can determine. So you know, it is possible that you, we don't find the commonality in some cases. Mm-hmm. We're with Julie Pride from the CU Public Health District, 1017. We're entering a flu season. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've already been in it. When does flu season officially start? Well, Generally. in my world, it's 24-7, 365 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. I talk about it all the time. Yes. But it's, you know, we we always say, in, you know, fall. So it can, it can, it usually is from, you know, September on until, you know, March or April. But the the fact is, as we saw with H1N1, flu can come around any time. Mm-hmm. So um, hmm. it, we're, we're already seeing cases in the community, so people need to get vaccinated. And what I always, always try to stress with people, especially young, healthy people that say, well, I've never had flu. I always say, well, I've never flown through the windshield of a car either, but I still wear my seatbelt. You right. know, it, just because you've never had it does not mean that you're not going to get it. And if you're a young, healthy person and you take that flu vaccine, you're protecting your grandma, you're protecting your, you know, anybody that's immune compromised, you're protecting babies, you're protecting anyone. Mm -hmm. So when people that are immune compromised or elderly take the shot, they don't get as strong of an immune response as healthy people do. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important that we help provide that community immunity right so it's not just about you it's, it's absolutely about the people not you, yeah. right because i think that if people understood that i think there would be a higher uptake of flu vaccine because it's one thing to say oh you know whatever i'm not concerned about getting the flu because i'm healthy and i probably won't die from it mm-hmm. but it's another thing to think oh my gosh i could actually hospitalize or kill somebody by not by mm-hmm. spreading it without knowing it. Right, for around, if you're around your nephew, younger right. nephews. And, and no and one wants to do yeah. that. Right. I right. just think that there's still mm-hmm. a lack of understanding right. about how that works. Yeah. Any reason not to get a flu shot? I mean, obviously, if you're allergic to something, right? It, basically, if you're allergic to any component of it, usually that's the egg really mm-hmm. part of it. But Or, you know, if you've had a severe reaction to that. But um, other than that, it's a killed virus, so mm-hmm. there is absolutely no way, despite lingering myths from the dawn of time you cannot get flu from taking a flu shot period Mm -hmm. Um, what you will get possibly is a sore arm and if you do get a sore arm that's a good thing your immune response is working so Hmm. and the sore arm is going to last a day and take an advil and you'll you know (laughs) or whatever it is you take for minor pain yeah because you've heard people enough people i'm sure you have Uh, in the myth is well i took the flu shot and then i get I got sick. Yeah, and that I'll tell you how that happens, is that a lot of times people wait until flu is already in the community. 
It's like, I think it's the same kind of mentality of people who buy a lottery ticket when it's like 400 billion, but not when it's 300 billion, mm. you know, or whatever. <laughs> Which is so, going on now. Right. right. So <laughs> it, the, the thing is, you don't wait until flu's in your community because you could have already been exposed. That's how contagious it is. So if you mm. get the flu shot and you're waiting on the two weeks for immunity, you can get infected during that yeah. time. So I got a flu shot yesterday. So I've got two, two weeks really before it. It's, it could be about two weeks yeah. before you get full immunity, yes. Okay. So, All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some callers here, a couple of texts that have come in. Julie Pride is with us, does a great job with the CU Public Health District, just covering what's going on in her world. Uh, 1020, this is uh, Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. You there? I hear something moving. Bill? Hey. One more time. You, th- you there? Yes, question. Okay, okay go how ahead. Long is the flu- how long is the flu shot good for? The, the flu, we say the flu shot is good for a season. So the reason why you have to get flu shots every year is not really that it runs out per se. It's that the flu evolves. So when you get a flu shot in the community, it should be good for the entire flu season. So you can take it early. Um, the CDC always says take it as soon as it's in your community. So it will last the, the flu season, and unless the flu mutates in a way to blow past the vaccine, which does happen sometimes, then it should be fine. And you will be covered for three or four different strains of flu, depending on which vaccine you take, whether it's a trivalent, which means three strains, or a quadrivalent, which is four. So... Um, you know, you can get, because if you don't have the flu shot, you can actually get a, a flu at one point and then later on a B flu, uh, influenza B. So, yeah, it, it'll last the entire season. And the next year, you will get another one because every year they look at what's um, spreading in the southern hemisphere. And then they make their, it's basically their best guess about what's going to spread here as well. Okay, thank you. There's two forms of the shots you can get, I guess. One kind of super strong and one regular. What's the difference there? The um, the shot for seniors is is supposed to, the idea there is that it would try to promote a stronger immune response that they don't always get with the regular flu shot. So a lot of times uh, that's the your physician or your primary care provider will suggest the shot for seniors if you're over a certain age. So, um, you know, any flu shot, even if you get the regular flu shot, it's way better than no flu shot. Okay, thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you, Bill. We're here with Julie Pride. We'll come back with more with our guest after this. Quick time out. Penny for your thoughts. Stay with us. All right, we're back. Penny for your thoughts here with Julie Pride. CU Public Health District does a great job there. Damian Spencer does a great job at Fisher National Bank. He can help you with uh, your mortgage and uh, information on your mortgage. What are you eligible for? If you're looking for a house, you say, well, I don't know how big a house I can get because I don't know what I'd be approved for. Well, you can find that out today. If you want to go do some house hunting this weekend, uh, you can certainly do that. Steve and Pam Starwell have worked with Damian Spencer at Fisher National Bank for 10 years. He's been in the mortgage business for over 20, so it just helps to have somebody know what they're doing, right? Know what they're talking about. And Damian does that. If you're upsizing, downsizing, uh, Damien at Fisher National Bank can get you the information you need, what you'll be pre-approved for, so you're armed with that information when you go uh, looking at homes this weekend. Fisher National Bank, uh, again, the number is 239-7156. That's for Steve and Pam Starwald. 
your husband and wife team there at Keller Williams. But, again, they've worked with Damian all these years, and they can uh, get you lined up with him and uh, help take care of that. So if you have any questions about buying a home, how much is needed for your mortgage, call 239-7156. They'll line you up with Damian from Fisher National Bank. And, again, they're one of our sponsors here. They have locations in Champaign. It's at 1710 South Neal, but, of course, also in Muhammad and Fisher. Uh, a couple of things in regards to the uh, Legionnaires, and Julie Pride is with us. Hey, Brian, maybe you can help me understand something, or if this seems odd or even unfair to you in the station, perhaps Tim Dittman or another news person could get some answers from the Department of Public Health. Here's the question. Why is it that First Christian Church is the only one of the three locations, quote, outed in the ongoing Legionnaires investigation? Uh, how and why the media, WDWS included, would continue to feature the church, but then just nonchalantly mention there are two others that apparently will remain unnamed? Okay, well, I can tell you how that came about. Mm -hmm. So the Tuesday, the Illinois Department, Tuesday night, the Illinois Department of Public Health um, released the name of the church. Uh, CU Public Health did not do that. Um, We were looking at the three different sites, narrowing things down. In these investigations, what you do is you interview everyone that has a certain illness, and then based on the symptoms and the incubation periods of various things, you look for any commonalities, any points of contact that may be similar, which you can imagine is there's a lot of stuff that you may have done in a two-week incubation period. So we go sift through those, and then we, um, if we find a commonality, then we go to the site, we do an environmental scan, then we do environmental testing if that is warranted. In the three sites, environmental scanning was done of all the sites, and there is only one that showed that there was a potential source. So um, the testing was done there. We're still waiting on that. So it doesn't matter what the other two sites were because there was nothing there. There, Correct. Yeah. There, that's correct. And, again, that was a decision that the Illinois Department of Public Health made, not us, because mm-hmm. we were working directly with the church, and the um, source had been eliminated. The potential source, I should say, had been eliminated mm-hmm. as, a, as a concern. So moving forward, we weren't worried that anybody else if that were the source was going to get mm-hmm. um was going to get infected mm-hmm. by that okay uh cindy is up next good morning cindy hi um this might sound strange but leaf raking and the um health department in these mature neighborhoods uh the gutters get clogged like right away because we've got tons of leaves that clog it up then you have i mean you literally have pools at corners that go up into your yard of stinky water and the leaves that were in the trees that birds probably pooped on and squirrels probably ate on. And so is there anything uh, that the health department could do to, to, I don't know, help get some kind of leaf raking um, support? And then my thought was that might be a commonality. People don't think of it. But when you're grabbing a handful of leaves from everybody's yard, <laughs> did those people like rake leaves? Well, I have never heard of that being a source for Legionella. Um, certainly, any time. Well, well, they're wet, yes, but um, it has to be aerosolized, really, for you to to breathe that in to have a uh, an exposure. Well, well, my you know. thought is, if you, you, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, if that's you fine. pick up a, a handful of wet leaves. Take a deep breath and shove it in this bag mm-hmm. and then push it down more. <laughs> right. You've got a lot of inhalation there. Yeah. But beside that, beside this outbreak, I was I have kind of been on a crusade of trying to get 
um, for health purposes, for gutter purposes, mm-hmm. we can't seem to get this community to have a leaf-raking, uh, you know, uh, zoning issue. And how do you feel about that? Um, do you mean, do I believe that people should have to have their yards raked and their leaves picked up? Is right. That, oh, well, that's an interesting idea. I haven't thought of that. Now, the gutters, that's a whole different issue because public health is always urging people to keep their yards cleaned up and their gutters especially cleaned out, mostly because we're concerned of the um, 80s albopictus mosquitoes breeding in there and also um, the Culex, which cause West Nile virus. And they're I'm both sorry, of, I, both of those. Sorry. I call them gutters because I'm old. The, um, downspouts? the outlet on the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're the talking drains. about. Oh, the drains. Yeah, so it oh. builds up. There's a big, huge pool that goes all the way up on your corner yard. You may have three corners in one yard. And the kids come home from school and splash through the water. And so people who don't rake are causing community outlets. I'm sorry, I said it the wrong way. The the um, outlet for water to drain clog mm-hmm. up right away. Oh, I see what you're saying. Got, so you're yeah, talking about the storm bases, storm drains. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I will, I will talk to that. I'll talk to my environmental health staff about that. That to me, that's not any type of a risk for Legionella, but it, it, you know, anytime that you're dealing with, uh, water that may have animal urine or feces in it, that can be a potential exposure to other things. So, but that's a, okay. that's an interesting question. And that, that would be, unless there was a specific disease tied to it, completely out of our jurisdiction. However, you know, it's certainly something that the cities could look into. Okay, yeah, Cindy? It, I mean, it occurs a lot yeah. in these uh, mm-hmm. subdivisions, and uh, I just, I don't understand why there's not some kind of ruling on it, just even from a health factor. Mm-hmm. But thank you. All right. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you Cindy. There. Julie returns with me after the news here with Tim Dittman. Stay tuned. Ten thirty nine. We're visiting with Julie Pride with the CU Public Health District. We've talked Legionnaires. We've talked about the flu a little bit. We've talked about leaves. Somebody uh, texted in said just uh, mulch the leaves with the lawnmower. And our caller was concerned about wet leaves. You say dry leaves. Well, right. a lot of times dry things are more of a concern because of dust that you can breathe in. So if you're if you have any type of like people have cleaned sheds before using like a power blower. And they end up breathing in aerosolized um, uh, dust of urine and feces from mice, for example, and that can cause problems. All right. And a uh, texter on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line said, please ask your guests why it's difficult to get the health department ratings, cleanliness ratings for restaurants here in town. I know the News Gazette from time to time has a few of the restaurants, but it should be easy as one click of your computer to find out the information. That's from Dale. Okay, Dale. Um it is it is easy as one click from your computer. So let me tell you how to get there. So we have a, the Champaign-Urbana Public Health District website, which is c-uphd.org. And then we have a page that is called Food Establishment Inspection Reports. You can use that in the little search feature or whatever. And then if you scroll down, there's a little green button that says Enter Inspection Reports Database. And above that are all kinds of pages that explain the different ratings, the different risk categories, understanding the summary, understanding a report. But if you click on that little green button that says Enter Inspection Reports Database, it will take you to a searchable 
database where you can search for every single food service thing, including places that are not necessarily open to the public, like uh, nursing homes or mm-hmm. something, anywhere where food is served. Um, and you can search that by um, in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you type in, if you want to find out a local restaurant, you just yeah type it in and yeah and up. and there's lots of them you can search by keyword or by all kinds of things mm. so i'm not sure so if you, if that's not working for some reason feel free to contact me at um the health department and mm. i'll have you talk to somebody in environmental health mm. and we'll see if if there's something else that needs to be done okay and what's the number what's the best number to uh the the main number is 3527961 and they mm. can um, ask for environmental health if there's a specific question on that. Or my direct number to my desk is 531 mm-hmm. 5369. 531 5369. Yes. Okay. That's uh, 217 is the number. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if more texts or calls, if you have any questions, uh, one of the things that have uh, come up, I know there's a story recently, Deborah Pressey. Uh, did back in early September had to do with the number of local uh, STD cases up significantly, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, I mean, that is something that, you know, seems to be the the bane of our existence in public health. I mean, that is, we have years where it's not so bad and then years where it's really going up. I will say that in Champaign County, we do a lot of testing. I know that, you know, CU Public Health does a lot. We have Planned Parenthood here. We have all the clinics um, you know, hospitals and clinics. So the good thing is we are testing and we're testing more routinely, which is actually a recommendation. So the hospitals, you know, if you're uh, between a certain age, they're going to ask that you are tested for chlamydia and gonorrhea, for example. So we do a lot of testing. So when you do a lot of testing, you're going to turn up a lot of cases, mm-hmm. um, asymptomatic as well. One of the things that we do at public health is if someone comes in for a pregnancy test, we will go ahead and also test the urine for chlamydia and gonorrhea. And we have found a lot of asymptomatic infections in young women, mostly chlamydia. Hmm. So a lot of times the women aren't even aware that they have it. So by increasing routine testing, you're able to catch the cases, hopefully catch them earlier, get them treated and get their partners treated. And then at Hmm. some point, the number will go down again. Is the number um, naturally higher here because of the university? I mean, we're, we're well, got we young, have, we got a lot of young right, people we have, around. Yeah, that, I mean, we have a lot of young people in our community, certainly. Uh, but again, I think it, a lot of it has to do with the more access to health care, so people mm-hmm. are able to get tested, so mm-hmm. they're able to go to the doctor and get tested, and mm-hmm. they're also, um, you know, uh, they're able to, to basically to find out if they have it, whereas right. if they weren't going to the doctor, they might not have any idea. Because the, symptoms, the n- symptoms don't show up. Not right? always. Yeah. I mean, it usually does with men, but not always. 356 hmm. uh, 9397. Uh, you can join us on the phone lines. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. If you have any questions for our guests here, another uh, story you were telling me about has to do with um, a polio like. Uh, situation. What what, that, what is that? Okay, so there is something out that's been in the news a lot. We don't have any cases um, around here reported, but there's certainly been in Illinois, and it's called acute um, flaccid myelitis. And what that is is it it looks like polio basically. So it will somebody will have a viral illness. They'll have the flu, or they'll have a, a 
bad cold or they'll have some type of viral infection and then their body's immune response, they think that what's happening is that the immune response could be attacking your um, lining of your nerves and your mm. your spinal, your spinal cord. column. Yeah. And so people are losing feeling in their limbs and they're, lo- they're getting weakness in their limbs and, and different things like that. So it looks like polio. It's not actually polio, but it does present like that. So... Mm. Um, you know, again, that's another good reason to get your flu shot. Uh, you don't want to be exposing, exposing kids to flu, mm. any type of viral illness, if you can prevent it. And really, with the viral illnesses, if there's not a vaccine for it, all we can do is encourage, like, hand washing and not touching your face and keeping keeping mm. germs off of your face, that yeah. type of thing. But keep don't. Nope. So is that a fairly new or just a regeneration of something from the past? It's I guess. it's not new, but it is rare, and uh-huh. it is since 2014 there have been an inc- there's been an increase in the, n- the number of cases reported. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, it's it's still rare, but it's it's hmm. a, a scary thing because yeah. you know your kid has a cold or something, and then the next thing you know they have paralysis or. Yeah. Weakness. Well, anytime you mention anything that might be like polio, that correct that rings a bell with a lot of people. Yeah, so, it does yeah. with a lot of people. But there's also a lot of people who have no idea what that is. Right. But anybody who does know what that is gets pretty anxious about yeah, it. That's for sure. Yeah. And that that's another beautiful example of the the wonders of vaccination. Because I mean, look at what people in the 50s had to go through and before that. So. All right, Julie Pride's our guest, CU Public Health District. Any questions for her? We're open for them. We're back in a moment after this. Yeah, two weeks from today, men's basketball exhibition against Illinois Wesleyan. 10-50 here at DWS. For 30 years, Big Mike Namoff been a major presence in East Central Illinois and beyond with his store, This Is It Furniture. He's been involved in many charitable projects. He's got another one he's planning. I can't tell you anything about it, but I can tell you it's coming, so be listening for that. He, of course, also operates a Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. He'll have two stores under one large roof. He does now with this new chapter. Mike offers you... Many options. Continue to take care of your furniture and mattress needs. This is it, furniture. But now with Snooze, you'll find many luxury items like their lifestyle adjustable bed frames, carbon cool pillows, have a free and easy analysis done by their reveal machine, find out where your pressure points are, how firm or not your mattress should be. They've got pillows. They've got travel pillows. They've got uh, high-end bedding and sheets. I mean, you'll be blown away. You'll look at their wall of pillows, and your, your mouth will drop open like, what is this? I mean, it's amazing. So Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop, Country Fair Shopping Center in Champaign. Say hi to Big Mike. All right, uh, Julie Pride is with us for a few more minutes. A couple of texts came in during the break. Uh, I have flu symptoms right now. Should I get a flu shot? You should not get a flu shot when you are ill, but you need to call your primary care provider. And if you think you have flu and it's been within 48 hours, you can have a test to see if it is influenza. If it is, there is medication to help shorten that. But when, you are com- when you're over with whatever viral illness you have now, you still do need to get a flu shot because if you, let's say you had an influenza A this time, you could have an influenza B later if it circulates. All right. And another text for our guests is what risk is the bacteria to church attendees? Anything to be aware of from the last few weeks? Well, what we're asking and we're working with the church is to let anyone know who has basically been around the inside fountain, um, you know, during the last two weeks or Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. 
whether they were there for an event or just kind of hanging out in front of it, while it was going, I mean, the fountain would have to be actually on, not just sitting there. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have any type of symptoms that are similar to pneumonia, they would need to go to their primary care provider and mention that they possibly had an exposure. Um, But again, don't go there if you're not sick, because the attack rate on Legionella is only about 5% anyway. Healthy people um, with no underlying conditions don't always get infected. Mm -hmm. They can, but if you have any type of uh, underlying medical condition or lowered immunity, you're immune compromised due to drugs, meaning, you know, medications for cancer or something, you could certainly um, have more of a risk for exposure. But you know, moving forward, there is no, to, yeah. to our knowledge, there is nothing there because the, the church literally eliminated the risk f- mm-hmm. from now on. And they mm-hmm. did so without us even having the results of the test back. Yeah. So, so going back a couple of weeks, if you have a question, you can always contact I'll the public Absolutely health. call us. Uh, if you think that you have had an illness, even if you got over it, you can absolutely feel free to call me. Again, my number is 531-5369. We would be happy to talk to you. But um, moving forward, the risk has good. been moved since, yeah. removed since, let's say, Wednesday. There's mm-hmm. been yeah. no risk whatsoever, and possibly even before that, because yeah. if the fountain's not on, it's not a risk. You can go to church and be uh, be safe. So it's good. All right, we're all good there. Ray, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question for your guest. I don't know if she can answer this or not. Tonight we're having a fish fry at the Western Star Lodge, and one of my things that I we used to do was to get fish fresh out of the fryer, put it on uh, like the stainless steel clean plate or something like that, and take it out and with tongs drop it onto the uh, plates of people who wanted more fish without having to come up to the uh, front to get it. And I was wondering, is that okay? I was told that it was by several people down there. I just got to convince one person there that it is okay. Well, I'm going to say that I believe it is. However, let's to get the definitive answer, um, I will talk to the director of environmental health when I get back. But I'm I don't know why that would not be. That sounds completely fine. But you can. Give environmental health a call over at Public Health. You can ask for uh, Jim okay. Roberts, or you can ask for Sarah Michaels, right. and they will give you the they will give you the definitive answer. And then, if you want something, you, we can email it to you, and you can take it to your um, person that has a concern. Okay, thank you for taking my call. Have a nice day. You hey, too. thank you, Ray. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ten fifty five. Another quick break. Back our final comments from Julie Pride after this. Yeah, back-to-back road games here for the Illini football team. Headed up to Madison this afternoon. Uh, Julie Pride has been our guest. Again, her number, direct line, 531-5369. If you have any questions for her after the uh, show is done, she'll be always available. I know she answers a lot of questions through Facebook and other social media. You get a lot of those. uh, And I've got less than a minute here. But the big thing for any of these diseases and illnesses are, what, two things you were talking about well, when we're talking, washing your hands. Washing your hands is the number one thing that you can do to help keep yourself healthy. I mean, when we look at restaurant, any type of outbreak that we have, a lot of times it has to do with people either not washing their hands. Well, that's in general if somebody gets sick, it's from not washing their hands. Or um, if we're talking about most of the restaurant outbreaks that we've had over the years, a lot of them 
anymore have to do with people working when they're sick. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, I always say this, but paid sick leave is good public health because Mm -hmm. we don't want people having to work when they're sick because that puts everyone else at risk. Mm. Julie, it's been a great hour. A lot of good questions. We appreciate it. I always enjoy this. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming by. We'll have you on again sometime Mm -hmm. in the future. Julie Pride with the CU Public Health District. And again, any questions, give her a call or uh, reach out to her social media. And uh, we've got, uh, well, football this weekend, volleyball tonight, busy evening tonight with sports talk and everything else. So stay tuned. Rush Limbaugh Show is next. We've got the news from CBS next. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow from Madison, Wisconsin. Have a great weekend on WDWS Champaign-Urbana.